All right, I'm back for episode 13 of the Business of Reselling podcast. Oh, you guys, it's finally raining here in Vancouver and it is absolutely glorious. I know it sounds weird to say that, but it like really hasn't rained for like since the end of June and it is supposed to rain here. We are very much used to it. So um, it's great to see the rain coming down um, because things are so dry and brown. And also rain is great for productivity for me anyway. It kind of inspires me to just stay at home and get tons and tons of stuff done. So I've had a super productive morning and I'm excited to record this episode. Um, I did skip a week after Las Vegas. I have to admit, um, having a bit of a challenge making sure to get these episodes out every single week. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to switch to every second week in the future or what. Um, let me know what you think. Do you, do you really want weekly episodes? Is bi-weekly okay for you? Do you want even more frequency? Um, I'm curious what, what you want. Um, if you're coming back week after week every Tuesday for a new episode, I definitely want to keep delivering that to you. So my goal for myself is to make sure that I'm uh, consistent with these weekly episodes, uh, definitely through the end of 2022 and hopefully well into next year as well. And then maybe I'll revisit the frequency of the episodes. I did have to skip a week because I was sick and lost my voice. So I, that's my excuse for one of them. Anyways, I am back from the Boss Reseller Remix in Las Vegas. I had a fantastic week. I met tons, dozens, hundreds of other resellers, um, lots of great companies working in the reseller space, helping other resellers grow their businesses. Um, some of them I had never even heard of. Uh, so that was really cool to, to get to know that. There was so much value to it, and it's inspired me to create today's episode, which is going to be um, all about networking, because I did a lot of that. Um, I missed it, you know, not just before COVID, but actually like um, way before the pandemic started, I, I had pretty much stopped networking. I used to do business consulting and I went to networking events all the time. And then when I got into reselling, I just kind of stopped. Um, and so when I went to boss, I was kind of thinking like starting to like explore that and, and remember like, why, you know, why was I networking in my previous business and not this one? Um, because there's just as many benefits to doing it in this business as well. So I'm going to talk about those today. Um, Las Vegas was super fun. I met tons of uh, the YouTube stars, uh, lots of smaller resellers. I, we had just like a fantastic time. I'm not a gambler, so I didn't gamble, but I still consider myself lucky. I did not come home with COVID. <laughs> Apparently, a lot of people did. Eesh. So that's just the reality of events today. Um, uh, but it was it was definitely worth the trip, and I'm so glad that I went and hope to attend again next year. Okay. So um, October is Small Business Month. I don't know. You might not know that, but October is Small Business Month. Um, so what better time to talk about networking with other small business owners? Um, at Boss, I met tons of people who had not been out in a while. And like I said, I myself had not done a lot of networking, even, um, even pre-COVID, since I went full-time with uh, Storage Warrior. So um, I met a lot of people who had not been out of their shells in a while, um, a lot of people told me that they were having a hard time um, focusing on their business. So I did a presentation at Boss about um, scaling up. And one of the, one of the um, themes of that was about efficiency and documenting processes and systems and get everything, getting everything written down. So you know 
uh, what systems you were supposed to follow. You can work on making them more efficient and productive, and then you can pass those systems along to other people who can help you in your business. And people were like, that's a great idea, but I have a hard time focusing. I can't sit down and write these processes. Um, and part of it is a function of spending a lot of time on our own as resellers. We sit in our silos, you know, we are, we have the incredible advantage and fortune of being able to do a lot of our work at home. Um, and of course, during the pandemic, that was, that was very important, but um, it can also be a bit of a drawback because we kind of get stuck in our own way of doing things. We're not exploring our business problems with other people. Um, we're not doing quite as much active learning about our business as we might be if we were out um, interacting with more people. Um, so this was definitely a problem that came up over and over again as I spoke to people at the remix. And it's, of course, not just due to COVID, but also just because this is the way that a lot of our businesses roll. Um, so but by the end of the event, I was hearing a little bit different message. I was hearing how grateful people were for the connections that they made, how inspired they were to get back to work on their businesses, um, how much they learned from other sellers about how they could operate their business. Um, so there was a, like a lot of enthusiasm that came out of it. I mean, not to mention like everybody was exhausted because it was a lot of socializing, a lot of events, a lot of learning, um, just a lot of content. Um, and you know, you kind of get like saturated with it, but it's, but it's also great. You're so tired at the end, but you also feel like really good and, and like really ready for that next sort of phase in the business. Um, so after that event, I thought I got to do an episode about networking, talking about the benefits of networking, what it is, why it works and how it's going to help you grow your business. So first of all, this term networking, it's this like businessy term, right? Uh, so what do I mean by that? I think it's important to define what networking is. Um, it is a wide range of activities, but basically it's about telling people, other people about your business and making connections with people who might be able to help your business or who you can help in some way. And the inter the type of interaction can vary widely, whether it's someone having a garage sale uh, or whether it's talking to the manager of the local thrift shop or a real estate agent or even an accountant. It's putting the word out about what you do and most importantly, the value that you can offer. So different kinds of networking can include just giving out your business card at Yard and Estate Sales. If you don't have a business card, you absolutely should create one. Um, and honestly, don't overthink the design. You can go to Vistaprint and they have a little design tool that you can use. Just get the pertinent information on there, how people can contact you and your name and phone number and email and that kind of thing. So get cards, give them out at yard sales, estate sales, even thrift shops, like wherever you meet people that you're where you're sourcing, you know, find opportunities to give them your card so they know what you do. Um, ask people that you meet. It doesn't matter whether that's at a sale or just at a barbecue or wherever you happen to be. Asking people if they know anybody selling the kinds of things you want to buy can be a great way to make those connections. Um, almost every time we go to a yard sale, we ask if they have any comic books, even if there's none at the sale. Um, and then it's kind of a it kind of opens the door to discuss like what we do, what the kinds of things that we buy um, and what our business is about. And that's led to us being able to procure comic book collections that we didn't even know existed. Um, 
In this case, the more specific your ask, the better. So we like to ask about comic books, even though there's a lot of other things that we buy, um, because they are probably they're one of our biggest selling categories. Um, and then it, it, they are collectibles. So it kind of like, you know, kind of leads into a discussion about other types of collectibles that we might also purchase. So but we try to be really specific about our ask because it's easier for people to think, oh, yes, I have comic books or no, I don't rather than saying, hey, we buy all kinds of things for our online store. And then people say, well, what kinds of things? And you're like, oh, you know, trinkets and collectibles and ephemera and electronics and vinyl and CDs. And 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 and, and then they're like, oh, gosh, uh, yeah, maybe I have some of that, but maybe I don't. And it's just more nebulous and it's not as concrete and it doesn't lead to um, those strong connections quite as easily. So I recommend a specific ask. But to ask, ask people anywhere you meet them, anywhere it is appropriate to talk about your business, ask them if they know anyone selling the kinds of things you want to buy. You can also look for local events in your community. You probably have a local chamber of commerce. Um, in the United States, they have SCORE, um, which is like a small business mentorship um, organization. Um, you may have like local business, uh, business networking associations, or like we have in Vancouver business improvement associations, which are uh, groups that represent businesses operating in a particular neighborhood that kind of get together and talk about the business issues specific to where they operate. Um, so look around in your local community for networking events. They do not have to be related to reselling. You can also consider associations relevant to your business, such as the Professional Organization Organizers Association. We are associate members of the Professional Organizers Association of Canada. Um, that's a big one for us. Um, real estate associations, um, recycling facilities and organizations. Um, look for those types of places putting on events where you can just show up and mingle or perhaps even give a presentation about your business. And of course, this can be virtual or in person. Lots and lots of networking has gone virtual. I personally struggle with that type of interaction a little bit more. I'm very good at presenting virtually, but I have a hard time with like casual virtual networking. But you know, who knows what your strength is? Like the only way is to try it out and see um, if it works for you and if you're able to make connections that way. So what are the benefits of getting out there and networking? Of course, on the surface, it's pretty obvious. These are opportunities to both get and give business. So if you're looking for a service, like you need a bookkeeping service for your business, then you know you might meet a great bookkeeper at one of these events or get somebody who could refer you to one. Um, you can also tell people about your business and what you're looking to buy. But beyond those really obvious opportunities to share and trade business opportunities, you might also get some important perspective on your business that you're not getting when you're working home alone. Somebody might give you insight about your business, an idea for how you might source something, an idea how, for how you might solve a problem in your business, or even give you a perspective on your company that you haven't even thought about before. Um, so, you know, for, for one thing, I've been um, work, trying to work more with like real estate agents who are closing on properties and have some stuff left over in property that needs to be emptied before the new owners take possession. And I've struggled for a time getting my, if I'm going to use another business term here, my value proposition out, like explaining exactly how we do and what we do and how we're different from like a junk hauling company, for example. 
and I'm starting to get it, but I've met uh, a few uh, real estate agents lately who have, uh, who are getting what we do and kind of helping me refine that message, which has been super useful. And I didn't ask for that help. They're just offering it up. Um, and it's so incredibly valuable to the, to my business and for me to explain what I do in, uh, to people who don't, who aren't in our industry and may not quite get it. Networking can also build uh, brand awareness. Uh, so I haven't done a marketing episode yet. I don't think not yet in the podcast, but I'll, I'll definitely do some in the future. But there's something in marketing called the rule of seven. If you look up marketing rule of seven, you'll find lots. You'll also find like rule of three and rule of nine. Like it doesn't matter how much, what number you put in there. The idea behind the marketing rule of seven is that a buyer needs multiple touch points on your business or your brand before they will make a decision to buy from you or work with you. Um, and so it, it's something that goes way back to like the 1930s, like apparently, at least this is the story that I've heard, but I don't know if it's true. Um, movie companies were trying to figure out how to market movies and, and determined that um, a potential viewer would have to hear about the movie or see an advertisement for it seven times before they would decide to see the movie. So that's allegedly the origin of the rule of seven, but I don't know if it is for sure where it began, but it's definitely not a new concept. Um, and so the idea here is that the more people who see you, interact with you, talk to you, the more likely they are to remember you when they know somebody who needs you. So it will often not be enough for you to show up at one networking event, hand out 15 business cards, walk away and say, oh, great, I got all these leads. A lot of those people will lose the car, they may forget the conversation, they might move out of town, and you'll lose that connection. But by attending and showing up and putting your face out there again and again and again, people start to remember who you are. If you have an established brand, they will start to recognize it. And then if they see you somewhere else, like on social media or at a completely different um, networking event, they're like, oh yeah, like I remember speaking to that person, I remember what they're about. And oh gosh, my cousin has this huge toy collection he's trying to downsize. God, I should, I should definitely contact um, this reseller. So the idea is that you can't just do networking once or even to do it very rarely. You need to be somewhat regular and it can be actually super valuable even if you're showing up and networking with the same people every time. It might feel redundant because they already know you, but the more times that they interact with you, the more established that you and your brand become in their brain. And so when they're like, oh, yeah, uh, I've got all this stuff to sell or I know someone who has all this stuff to sell, you're the first person they're going to think of. Uh, it can also be a great confidence booster. So the more you talk about your business, the easier it becomes to talk about your business. Sometimes it's hard to kind of explain what we do to um, people who are outside of our industry. Um, but once people get it and understand you're a reseller, you buy, usually use stuff, you resell it at a higher price online. When you start to get positive responses talking about that, it can motivate you to, uh, believe that your business can be more than it is. If in fact you want it to be, um, it can really boost your, your confidence and your ability to be a confident business owner, to, um, be on the same plane with other people who have established companies to understand that you have value to offer them as much as they have value to offer you. So it can really help you kind of get out of your out of your shell, get moving, get socializing, 
and uh, and help you feel happy and comfortable talking about your business. So not all of us are good networkers, and I don't know if I'm the greatest networker myself. I mean, if you've met me at a networking event, you can give me the feedback <laughs> if you like. Um, so I think it's something that it's like a practice being a good networker. It's something you always uh, want to be working on. Um, but I think the, the key to being a good networker is really to listen to other people. So try to spend less time talking about your business and more time listening to other people talk about their business or their perspective or just, you know, whatever it is that they want to talk about. Ask questions and really listen to the answers. Um, I find when I talk to people about my business and start telling them what we do, the conversation often um, gets carried away in talking about stories of like great things we got for cheap at yard sales and sold for lots of money or weird customers that we've had or, you know, like kind of the we all have these stories that come up in our business. People find them really interesting, but I have to consciously stop myself and say like, I could tell these stories all night, but I want to hear about you. Like I want to hear about your business and what you offer. Um, so just try to catch yourself. If you've been talking about yourself for too long, switch the conversation around and um, ask the other person about their business. Now you might think oh, I'm going to networking events and I mean, I'm meeting people that I don't need. Like, and you might not think that going to an event and meeting a graphic designer and an IC, IT security specialist and a naturopathic doctor will help you in your business until those same people are suddenly clearing out a family estate or know a friend downsizing a big collection. You just never know when people will need you. So even if you don't think that you have a strong business connection with somebody, it might turn into something down the road or they may know somebody that they can refer to you. And you also never know when you might need them. When you might suddenly need that accountant whose services you talked about at a networking event three months ago. Or you need that graphic designer because you're stuck and you just can't make the thing in Canva do what you want it to do. Ah, so frustrating. So when you're networking, it's key to listen to other people. Hear about their businesses and understand the benefits of what they offer as well. Um, and not only that, if you're de demonstrating a genuine interest in what others do, even if it's not something you need at all right now, you're leaving a positive impact on them that they will remember. And that's going to follow you in your business for a long time. So the important thing to remember is that while networking will help your business, it can't be all self-serving. Now, if you're a bit of a wallflower like me, I have a hard time like walking up to two or three people who are already having a conversation um, and just like standing there awkwardly like, hey, I just thought I would intrude on whatever it is you're talking about. Um, it, 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 is, it takes some confidence um, and some practice to just sort of be able to do that. Um, but one easy thing that you could do is if you are by yourself at a networking event, look for somebody else who's also by themselves and strike up a conversation with them. Um, if you find somebody who's not talking, to someone already, that can be a really easy way to break the ice and start speaking to more people. So I also want to mention a couple of things that keep a lot of resellers from getting out there and networking. Um, and this is when you speak to somebody about your business and you experience uh, resistance from them. They either don't understand what you do or they think that you're predatory. Um, I know we've all run into these situations where people think that we are taking advantage of others. That by sourcing something at a thrift shop, 
we are taking an item away from somebody in the community who may need it, and that's undermining the purpose of what thrift shops do. Um, just for example, uh, or people equate us to like Value Village, who, which is a for-profit business, um, which gets some, not all, but some of its inventory um, through uh, donations. So the way I like to respond to these people is I explain that these items that were donated were unwanted, or if they were at a garage sale, it's because the person didn't want them anymore. We are giving them a new life. We are providing an alternative to the landfill, which is where, you know, millions of things go every single day in every single city all over North America and probably the world. We're keeping things from being thrown away. We are finding people who will appreciate them and hang on to them and extend the useful life of these objects. Now, while most people are quite capable of researching values themselves and selling things themselves if they want, they don't. And we all know why they don't. It's because it's friggin' hard. It takes a lot of time and it takes skill. It takes skill to learn how to package stuff. It takes skill to research things efficiently. It takes years to build the knowledge that we have about the types of items that we sell. I mean, I've been doing this for 10 years. And I was joking, I think I put, did this in another podcast, but I was joking on that I had just learned what Majolica was like a few months ago. And the people in my Facebook group were like, you're insane. How did you not know that? Well, I just didn't know that. It's because it takes so much time to get to know all of these many hundreds or even thousands of categories of, of things that we might potentially resell. There's so much more to our businesses than just collecting a bunch of money for something. There's a whole, there's a bunch of tasks and systems and processes that we have to go through to prepare that item for sale and to maximize the value that we get out of it. That work is not easy. And some people will cha have challenged me in the past that, that, and said that it's, it's so easy. And if you're buying something for $2 and selling it for 50, that that's somehow um, predatory or it's um, gouging, but it's not. You know, I value my time. I value, you know, there's there's expenses involved in having a business like we have. And we have to be able to make our margins to make a profit. And there's nothing wrong with making a profit as a reseller. We are not thrift stores and we do not have to be thrift stores. We're doing this for a reason. So those are the kinds of things that I say to people when they accuse me of taking advantage of others or just or selling things at um, crazy prices. It's like, well, if the market pays the crazy price, then that's the price. Like. That's just how it is. When people on eBay write me and they say, you know, your price is insane or or whatever, like they just make all these weird accusations. I'm sure it's happened to you. And I just say to them, like, well, you know, the market dynamics are such that, you know, it's a free market and I can charge whatever price I want and you don't have to buy it. So I'm not scamming anyone. I'm not ripping anybody off because I'm not forcing anybody to purchase the thing that I'm selling. And over time, the market is going to clearly tell me whether my price is right or not. And then I can lower it if it turns out that I was wrong. And that shuts everyone up every single time. Now, the other point of resistance is that not everybody understands what we do. Um, it's true. Uh, many people have this idea of what a reseller is, and that's not always a positive point of view. Or they don't really get it. They, they just kind of... they 
kind of see us as like flea market hawkers or, you know, like, which is a totally legitimate way to resell stuff. And I bet many of you do. But they have this idea on their head of like what a reseller is. Um, they don't understand that there's a whole range of business sizes, um, business structures and business models that we can use to be very successful in this world. Um, so sometimes I explain to people we're kind of like antique dealers, but on the internet, which, you know, kind of helps people get the gist of it. But the naysayers will sometimes say, oh, well, gosh, that's a tough business. Or people walk into our warehouse and they're like, do you actually make any money? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a little. Or they say that nobody wants that old stuff anymore. Oh, I had my grandma's crystal collection and I couldn't sell it and I had it on the market. Nobody's buying antiques anymore. Kids these days, they don't want to buy anything. They don't want their grandmother's stuff. It's all going to the landfill. Well, okay. Yeah, it's a tough business if you don't know what to sell. So being successful in what we do is about understanding what to sell, understanding what our buyers want, sourcing out those items, because you know and I know that there are tons of great collectibles out there that people really want and they're buying all the time. And the idea of what was really popular and selling well 25 or 30 years ago or 50 years ago it's different than what people with disposable income are looking for now. And you have to stay on the pulse of that. And so that's what I explain to people when they say like, oh, you can't make any money doing that, or that's not a good business, or, you know, you don't, you know, you should probably be doing something else, or sounds like a nice side hustle. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, okay, I'm going on a bit of a tangent now, but have prepared responses to the negative reactions that you may receive so that you can end those conversations quickly and focus more on the people who get what you do and find it interesting. And the more you talk about your business, the more people are going to find it interesting. The better you'll get at talking about it, the more people are going to understand it and the stronger connections you'll have. So even if networking terrifies you, Get out there and try it once. And then a couple months later, try it again. Do virtual events if that's what you're more comfortable with. It really doesn't matter how you start. Just do something. And you'll find it gets easier and easier over time. And it will help your business. I'm even starting to get um, inquiries now from people who have found my podcast. And now they want to sell us stuff, which is not really what... I was expecting out of the podcast, but it's like I'm putting my business out there and I'm saying this is what I do and I'm doing it in this format. And it is kind of this weird form of networking that's helping me make these connections. So you just don't know how it's going to happen, but you have to find a way to put yourself out there um, and it will feel a little bit uncomfortable and that's okay. Now, if you want to go beyond networking, I'll talk briefly about something called a mastermind. So mastermind group is like, it's not just a networking group. Masterminds are another great way to get out of your solo silo. Um, they're not networking in the same way, but masterminds are about building really close relationships with people who have a genuine interest in helping your business and you have a genuine interest in helping them. So these are deep business connections. These are people Mastermind groups tend to stay together for a few years. The members um, really get to know each other on a business and often on a personal level as well. They get deep into the problems or issues facing a business. They can be very emotional. I've been part of mastermind groups in the past where like, you know, there have been tears cry uh, cried because people have like 
suddenly hit on something that was preventing them from moving forward with their business. And it's just like this emotional experience for them. So they can be very eye-opening, uh, very life-changing and business-changing if you find the right mastermind group. Um, I haven't been in one for a couple of years. Um, hoping to find one again soon. But the members of a mastermind don't even have to be in the same industry as you um, because business problems often transcend specific industries. And you can learn a lot from somebody in, somebody who is dealing with an issue in a completely different industry if you can be open to how it might apply to your business. Um, so masterminds are really cool if you're interested in joining one. You know, it, again, it takes some effort and networking to be able to find a good mastermind group with members who are really supportive. Um, there are a lot of mastermind groups out there where the person who does the organizing just collects like a lot of money um, and makes money from the mastermind. And that seems to be the primary goal. So if you start to get that feeling, it's best to run away quickly. Um, but they can be, they can be really good groups, but it, it is a time commitment and, and you need to be, um, really committed to uh, helping the other people in the group. Masterminds are best with small groups, but they're also great for people who are scared of networking because when you build a relationship with people in the mastermind, you end up with a small group of people that you're very close to and very comfortable with. Um, and that can often be super transformative for your business and for yourself. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. Your call to action is to find one networking opportunity, whether that's virtual or in person, and tell me where you're going. Storage underscore warrior on Instagram, hello at storagewarrior.ca on email, or leave a comment on the YouTube channel and tell me where you are going networking next. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you aren't subscribed already pod.link slash business of reselling will allow you to subscribe to the podcast doing uh, any podcatcher that you might use. And remember, we're always buying. If you know of anyone in the lower mainland selling a collection, downsizing an estate, or just getting rid of a whole bunch of stuff, well, you know where to find me. All right. We'll catch you next time for just the tip episode 14. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but it'll be great. See ya.